The champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. I must be the greatest. The champ is here. I'm going to continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will I not, not lose. lose. I'm a bad man. I shook up the world. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. MH. Yes, sir. He's a DB. Got that lockdown coverage for the show. Uh, we are Black in Sports, man, giving a voice to the culture where we won't shut up and dribble. Here interviewing the best in the game and in the boardroom, but today we're actually taking you to the locker room where we just got a topic that we want to chop up on. So uh, today, uh, MH and us uh, and I are going to just talk about the scheme, man, the HBO scheme. That documentary was amazing. It's dope, bro. It's just my my reaction to the whole thing was like, bruh, like <laughs> on so many different levels. It was just, bruh, like <laughs> it was good. It was good stuff. And the fact is like, because when I hit you, I was like, yo, did you watch this? And when you watch it and that was my response to you, I was like, bruh, <laughs> I mean, that's all right. you can say back and forth. I mean, it right. has so many levels to it i mean hbo did their thing man you got to give them a hand clap they did their thing they did their thing but they always do i mean as far as their uh documentaries go right for sure for sure and for me <laughs> it came out the gate with the quote from uh from your boy tart man you know yeah uh, tart. You, unlv legend uh what mm-hmm. was it um my programs are cheating the other one's in the last place or something like that. <laughs> that's exactly the quote, man. And that's, I mean, that's the world, right? So if you haven't seen the scheme after, hopefully we talk about it, it motivates you to go see the scheme. And then while we're talking, hopefully, you know, it makes you go back and watch the scheme. Cause myself, I think I'm on my second or third time watching it, man. It's, it, it's definitely done brilliant. Yeah, man. I, uh, <laughs> To be to be honest, I was I watched it uh-huh. uh, last night. Okay, and I hit you up like, bruh, like, <laughs> right, bruh. <laughs> so then I watched it today, and then I was like, dang, I got fired up again about it. Just you know, just a little bit before we got on, and then uh, I started listening to Kurt Franklin. Uh, you are the living word. He kind of took my edge off me a little bit. So. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm, <laughs> he took your bite a little bit. <laughs> good. Yeah, good. He, good. He convicted me in a lot of different ways, so I just started sipping wine, so maybe that edge come a little back. So, oh, we'll man. <laughs> now I'm pissed. I don't have my I don't have my glass in front of me, but it's all good though. So, yes, sir. This the scheme, man, centers around one figure, which is kind of as we you know go against the dip, different things, and we're not really going to do like a whole re re kind of birth of the whole show, but just some things that really just stuck out as you know people in this world. But it's centered around. Christian Dawkins, and I mean, I guess to start with him, what are your thoughts about him? Uh, in general, you know, it's, when they first started, uh, to be honest with you, I didn't know how to read them. You know, when when they were kind of asking the questions, you know how they kind of, production-wise, they were asking them, like, you know, did you do anything wrong? And whenever somebody asks you the question, you know, without answering that, ask the question back or say the question back, like, did I do something wrong? You're like, okay, this nigga gonna fucked up. But without, like, <laughs> like, you know, you fucked knowing, up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Without knowing the whole, the whole story. So um, you bought the beer 
at eight fifteen, <laughs> right? <laughs> so at eight exactly. thirty, right? No, no, no. Yeah. Same. So because I yeah. like that's my thing. Like I forgot about the whole totality of this whole thing. So when I right. same same impression. All right. So I get that impression when he goes in, and then they they shoot to you know just kind of why you want to tell your story now. So you, you hit on a a main topic that I wanted to open up and have our first kind of conversation on. He asked him the main question is, um, did you do something wrong? Mm -hmm. Did you like, okay. Do you think knowing the whole thing that he did something wrong? Cause I think me and you are a little different on this. So do you think he do did something wrong? Uh, I'm kind of like what he said. Yes and no. Um, I think, first of all, I think he's, uh, uh, I think he took advantage of our, of his talents that God gave him, um, pretty early on. Great business mind, wasn't afraid to do anything. Uh, he even said it. I think maybe his strength is, you know, not knowing what he's really doing, but just doing it kind of thing. Not knowing his limits. Uh, exactly. Um, not really afraid. He just went ahead and do it. Um, but in a way, you know, if you're, if you're, I guess, persuading uh, athletes by, you know, benefiting them and, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do in hopes to get them later down the line when they make money. I mean, under, it's not, a, it's not a illegal, but it's illegal under NCAA kind of rules. So yes and no. Um to be to answer your question, so whether they did something wrong or and not, I, and I think that's boldly where we where we disagree, right? Because um, you, you're stretching it, right? Did he do something right or wrong? You know, I say no, he didn't do anything wrong. And, and why do you say that? And I said, well, I say he didn't do anything wrong on everything that you just said, because um, you started to lean like you know, based on NCAA, blah blah blah. But he doesn't work for the NCAA, so those rules. No, he, he doesn't. He's not governed by those rules. Right, but the the process the process of what the player wants to go to, which is NCAA uh, for exposure and things like that, but, they oh, play oh, by certain rules. Okay. So now I'm gonna I'm go again. Okay. Does the player want to do that, or do they have to do that because they are um, pigeonholed or persuaded or forced? I don't think either. I don't think they're not. Pigeonhole or persuade or force anyway. For for one, there's multiple examples of guys in the league that just said, "Hey, um, you know, I'm not going to go the NCAA route." Prime example, a recent guy. So, like, even I always talk about the Knicks, but Mitchell Robinson, he has some things going on. Always got to bring the go. Knicks into the situation. <laughs> so, I mean, I got to give my brothers love somewhere. They don't get no love any other way. So they don't get love on this spot. Okay, so, let's go. Let's go. Uh, Miss Rob. Uh, from Louisiana was a go to a school in maybe I think I don't know if it's Western Miss I, I should know the school, but he was going to college. Okay, okay? Um, it didn't work out, whatever the case may be. So he dropped out immediately and was just like he never played a game in college and just worked out for his whole time. So while he probably would have been a first round draft pick if people just saw who he was, um, he slipped down to the second round. But now he's in the NBA. You know, there's more people in the world than just me that know about Mitchell Robinson. Um, and, you know, he's potentially going to get a payday, right? And he just didn't go the NCAA route. Uh, we all give love to my boy, uh, you know, the, the Ball family. And, you know, Lonzo and LaMelo and and uh, LiAngelo. I always 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lanzo. You always got to be the middle one. You always got to be the middle. You always get left out. I almost forgot your name, man. I almost forgot your name. Damn, bro. Yeah. But, um, but no, I mean, he went overseas, right? Uh, multiple times. He went to Lithuania. He went to Australia to play. Um, and he didn't go the NCAA route. So, I mean, Brandon, you can go back to Brandon Jennings, who played in China. You can go back to Emmanuel Mulier who played in China, who are, I don't know if Brandon James is in the NBA anymore, but I know Emmanuel Moody is still in the NBA. But they just took a different route. Right. So, uh, again, I believe you're proving my point, right? So the NCAA is affecting them because they are forced to go through that pipeline. If Mitch Robinson would have went through the NBA, his stock would have been higher other than sitting out, right? But that's not a force. That's not a force. Well, Emmanuel Moody was the first-round draft pick. And so was Brandon Jennings. But, there's um, guys from Europe that come. There's guys from Europe that come over, and they don't go to the NCAA route. Well, that's. I think there's options there. Th- there are options. Yes, I and, think and, the, and, and the I options think, are getting better because they have to, right? Like it's a new world, so people are now adjusting to those. And I sure, think that's where I, ultimately, hopefully, I, this brings a light to it, and and it changes that route. Again, I think we can disagree on that one. Okay. Um, because I think this still is the best option for the player, right? Prime example, okay? And I'm not using him. He's, we can use him in an example of a lot of different ways on this topic. But okay. Zion Williamson, right? Yeah. One and done. Right. One and done with the Duke. NCAA route. Made money for Duke. Yay publicity for NCAA. However you want to make that in a dollar figure, right? Okay. But the exposure did not hurt Zion Williamson. It's not like it hurt him, right? So Duke is a premier premier uh, basketball uh, program in, in, in the country, right? Okay, but know, I'm not top, saying top that five. the NCAA hurts no, no, him. No, no, right. But okay. I'm saying, I'm saying it, it, it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's a benefit for the athlete as well. I think sometimes we... That's exactly we, what I'm saying, though. What do you... What do you I'm, saying that, I'm saying that the NCAA is the benefit for the athlete because it's a... They've created it that way. And until these newer models, people are doing things like the balls going, you know, overseas and different things sure. like that. That's sure. creating now to where, like, if Mitch would have went overseas, maybe that would have helped him. So what I'm saying is, um, if you want, I, I mean, I'm just let's take our podcast, right? Like, you have to be on Apple Podcast, right? Like, even if you don't have an Apple phone or whatever, if you want to grow something, Apple's a platform that you need to be on. Because sure. it's it's created that. So that's what I'm saying. NCAA has created this, and that's the only way I'm saying the force has come through as of now. But these other things, I mean, even the the PL, was the PCL, right, that pro college league that they're developing where it's going to give people another route to do something. Mm-hmm. But at this point, if you ask me, did Christian Dawkins do something wrong, I'm saying no, he didn't do anything wrong in what he was doing. Because of what? Because he was providing something, a resource to a family or a person that needed it from his personal relationships. Okay, so here, here, here's a question for you in, in response to that. Okay, and I'm just playing devil's advocate. Please do. Did these, did these persons or the athletes that he was providing the resource to, did they need the resource, or was it more of I'm a commodity, I'm going to sell myself to the best, to the highest bidder type of thing? They, in your opinion. They needed to get paid for their services, them or their family. They, okay. they provided a service. They had a fair market value for those services. And if he didn't pay them, 
someone else would pay them. Now, if that someone else worked in the NCAA and they did it, then if you ask me the question, hey, did XYZ coach whose salary and his involvement is in with that organization pay that player, then I would say, yeah, that coach was wrong. Right. And that's okay. I mean, uh, that's where I'm coming right. from with that. Just playing devil's advocate with that one. Yeah, I mean, we can we like I said in I guess the grand scheme of things, you know, maybe is he really doing something wrong if he's not necessarily attached to the NCAA? No, but you could say that he's putting uh, the athlete in risk to not be seen or not have the proper exposure that they would on the NCAA platform by providing benefits to their family. I mean, just boom. I, you know, yes, yes, no, my I man, agree my with man, that. Right. So my man, like Des Bryant, right? He, <laughs> no comment. My cowboy. Yes. Another cowboy, you know, right. Right. You went from the Knicks to the Cowboys, but okay, let's go. <laughs> I'm going to give him a love. Uh, but I think his junior in college, um, and I don't want to get too far out of the subject, but his junior year in college, he was real uh, ineligible through the NCAA. Um, and he was ineligible for something as simple as having, I think he had lunch or dinner or Worked out with Deion Sanders at some point. Right. He he says there was a lunch that he paid for, a dinner that he paid for. He just went to go jog at Deion Sanders' facility, wherever the case may be. Right. They got a nice relationship where he's kind of a mentor to Des Bryant, whatever the case may be, right? Mm-hmm. And he was ruled ineligible for that, right? So I'm saying if Christian Dawkins in this situation is Deion Sanders, right, whatever that relationship is, whatever that beneficial is, it, it, it did – put the guy's career in jeopardy with the NCAA or that exposure in jeopardy just because of that relationship, just because the rules are the rules. So when I say, did he do something wrong? Yeah. In a way, yeah. You know, really, maybe not, but in a way, yeah. Yes and no. He did something wrong. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. Right. So uh, let's get on to his early life, right, man? You talked about, um, you know, just kind of how he understood the, the, the business early. Um, he brought up a book that I definitely want to go read now. Um, mm-hmm. Soul Influence by what was it? Uh, it was by the one guy who was a uh, Yahoo Sports reporter, Dan. I forget his last name, but uh, Dan was on the show who wrote the yep. book Soul Influence, and right. he read that at a young age. And I mean, just for him, ball was life, right? Right. Um, for Christian, for Christian, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ball was life. Yeah. I mean, he came up with the family, and you know, right, family business. Fam- yeah, it's the family business, man. Right, but it was just shocking how much he picked up. I mean, from eleven to you know to to where he was now. So it was just like almost in his DNA, <laughs> like you said, the family business, but just different, right? Like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, super dope. I, honestly, you know, shout out to to him for figuring that out. I think it's a testament to him to kind of knowing his uh, limitations, I guess, in a way, you know. And, being faced with reality, hey, bro, I'm probably not going to be a first-round draft pick. Yeah, right? when, so Dray, learned, when Draymond Green comes on the court. <laughs> his old fat body, fat body Draymond. Fat body he Draymond. Knew, he was like, ah, oh, okay, I'm not on the same level as Draymond Green. I'm probably not going to be a first-round draft pick. So, But I like the game still. Like, you know, there's other ways that I can impact the game for sure and be on that level. So shout-out to him early on learning that pretty quickly. Um, and then even after his, you know, you know, his brother died, and he uh, who was better than him as well. Like who was better? His younger brother that was better than him, um, little big brother. He kind of figured that out. Man. I mean, shout out to him to kind of set up the whole, you know, take his dad's AAU team and take it to another level. 
just through his skill power. Now, here, here's what's interesting to me. I, I never, ever liked ranking sites. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I sometimes I always hear like, oh, you know, this dude is the number two uh, point guard for 10-year-olds in the, in the you know, state or in the country. <laughs> I'm like, okay. what the hell does that mean? I don't really care. Right. Can, right? So well, he, he might have under. Yeah, he might have underarm hair. The person that's guarding might not have two front teeth. It doesn't matter. Like they're they're ten, twelve years old. It doesn't right. matter. <laughs> Whatever the case may be. Uh, okay. <laughs> so the fact that Kristen Dawkins developed entire scouting system at twelve, and people were legitimately paying money, dude, that floored it's, me. It's like, yeah, shout out to Kristen for doing that for taking advantage of it. But damn, uh, college coach. Don't do your homework, bro. Like, stop being lazy. Listen, my man, they <laughs> were dropping checks, $600 plus <laughs> dollar checks to this man's mailbox. Didn't know who he was, and he was 11 years old when he started his own. The, what was it? Uh, the company was Best of the Best Scouting. Come on. <laughs> so when Come I saw on. that, too, I was like, first of all, I was like, damn. And then I was embarrassed. I was like, shit, 11. I need to step my game up, man. Fact, when I was the, I'm, <laughs> I was like, I was sitting there like, damn, I didn't waste a lot of time. I, I like just, I just like looking at players by myself anyway, right? right. Like, damn, I should have been getting compensated for this shit. Like, God, Lee, that's crazy. Yeah, man. And then, like you said, it just went on from there to, um, you know, they changed his AAU team to Dorian's Pride in honor of his uh, his brother that passed. And dude's legit a GM of a basketball team. Yeah, let me pick the, let me let me pick these coaches. Right, uh, let me scout some of these like players. Um, yeah, we're gonna go with him, but we ain't gonna do a roll with the guy over here. Um, and <laughs> we need some gear. And we need to make sure. Let's let's go ahead and get this Under Armour deal real quick. Under Armour, where you at? Where you at, bro? <laughs> listen, we need a warm up suit. Right. Too. <laughs> We we need some funds and hey listen, um, some of these funds are going to go to the you know Heart Association because you know we we want to give back, but uh, you know you're going to fund this program. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know major and universities are, that are not trying to go afloat, man. This boy got a whole AAU team traveling around the world. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's wild, and it, I mean it, it, it sounds like to me kind of on uh, AAU in general. I mean we've talked about it a little bit on the show, yeah how that works and I don't know I think there's some regulations that NCAA has kind of passed to might not make that as much of a hotbed for just getting an athlete it's just kind of interesting because you don't really need any credentials I guess to start an AAU team really you know right. what I mean you, right. you don't I mean you got connections and you, you know got money you, know, you got you able to get you know seven kids you can go play in any tournament right if you <laughs> can pay the fee right um, so I just think that's weird, and it's weird how I guess college coaches go there to, or you know, go to these uh, AAU tournaments to recruit. I think that's where it's different from football because I know football seven on seven is kind of like the new AAU. But as Corey mentioned in one of our previous pods, man, that it's not a true evaluation. Coaches, yeah, college coaches don't go out there evaluating on seven on seven, and I think, oh, okay, well, that still keeps the scholastic game. Uh, important to the college coaches where in basketball that line has got great you know what i mean and it's a big deal um yeah in the show they talk about vegas and like if you've never been if you're not in that basketball kind of arena right now you may not know it but the one of i don't know if it's the largest but a very big tournament happens out in vegas and during that time frame in the summer 
you see all of the, co- I mean, the big name coaches are out here. I've been in, everybody. I've been in the elevator where you just, in Coach K's in the elevator. It's like, oh, right. shit. Like, oh, well, the AAU must be in town, right? Like, right. <laughs> it's just that, just that uh, serious. Right. I mean, it's, 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 it's big business. It's crazy, man. It, it is a huge business. I mean, we'll, we'll touch on that, but yeah. It's just, it's crazy how that whole thing set up, that, how, how Christian set that up at, I don't know, he was 11 or 12 and 16 years old in high school and really just running a, a, a legit AAU program, you know. That's and, he, and, he started, and he started building those relationships early, man, you know, so a big part of business. is so first, right, you got to know the rules of the game. And, you know, he right. did his foundation by reading from him. Um, I you know, no disrespect, but his Bible or his guide, I'll just call it his guide, was the sole influence of understanding of, yep, this is how it's working, right or wrong. That's kind mm-hmm. of what's going on, and then and using his natural resources. What were you going to say? Go ahead. Exactly. Oh. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. So using, using his, his resources. resources in the family business, like, oh, my dad is a, a top dog. He used to play here. He, you know, he coaches here. So you know, my name has favor in this area. Boom. Right. <laughs> let's let, let, let's use a, that. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to see all the athletes that come through here. They all going to touch my dad or go through the, this gym, or my dad's going to know. You know who they are when he plays them or things like that. So, and if you know, he, and if they to, don't, I'm gonna grab on my AAU team. <laughs> correct, correct. And then, and then he said it earlier in the doc, but he said he understood uh, the power and the influence of the black athletes. Yeah, that was strong. Pretty early. That was strong. That is strong. That was super deep. They they could have expanded on that. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, the whole yeah they could have found that to expand on the doc on that. Um, because yeah, <laughs> to this point. I was I don't know what the official number is, and I probably should get it, but I would say over seventy percent of the college athletes that play uh, in Division One at these schools are, are black athletes. So, man, he understood that very early on, and the power and influence that the black athlete has on society in general. And so. then, not even that, right? The game. So the game is, he said, a lot of these white coaches and you know mm-hmm. white agents and things like that are coming into his city, and right. And they're he don't he don't he don't see the black ones come he, in. With he them. don't see the black ones, you know. So he's like, yeah. they want something, and and he learned the rules of the game, man. And it is right. a shame, right? Because it's you have that, and we could even right. jump into that right now. Um, when you were looking at the ranks of you know who's in, I think there was another statement like that where um, at the end he was saying if the if it was turned around where all of these. Um, athletes who are white athletes were white. and all the coaches were black coaches, this shit would yeah. be shut down a long time ago. Time ago, right. And I'm like, damn, this boy is speak- How old is he now? That boy is speaking wisdom on yeah. boy. But- yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely a period with the, you know, with the dark ink. No, 100%. 100%. Yeah, that's fact. Yeah. So he was definitely, so one of the things, he was just really intelligent guy from the jump man and just really was motivated and educated I, himself like educated you said through himself. that book yeah yeah and, and i just think that and then also through his hustle right so then you know he goes on and he, you know he works for a financial agency which you know mm-hmm. i've told you about how how that works i mean you and you know too but just that right. financial agency you know i don't it's it's a very tough market but they understand the whole business about you know, people coming into wealth and really not right. having any financial literacy. So uh right. shout out to April. It is financial literacy month, but you know, people don't want to engage or take that time to do that. So they hire someone and these people are supposed to be trusted advisors. And, and at all times, you know, they uh, aren't on the up and up. Right. They got a, they got a, 
uh, a scheme or uh, I mean, it's tied, it's called scheme, but they have a way that they want to get into because, as you have said, you know, the athletes have a, a big pot of money, and that's a good way to get some money is kind of getting tied into the athletes, and they and the athletes build relationships with other athletes, and you know, you get connected with a lot of athletes. So I guess the financial advisors or things like that, they have a big beneficiary when we're getting in the game. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it's tough because now you got this big amount of money and you think you're doing the right thing as an athlete saying, okay, I know I have this money. Let me get a financial advisor. And you're going right. to someone that you're supposed to trust. And a lot of times, just with anything in life, and I mean, I think this happened in the show, right? Um, I go, yo, Miles, what's good, man? Hey, I'm attempting to do AYZ. And you'd be like, oh, well, I got a guy. You know, this is who I rock with, blah, 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 blah. And then mm-hmm. say no more, you know, so I'm going to go rock with him, you know. And then that's how it works. And then right. that guy does one shady thing and he's robbed everybody blind. So, and then, yeah, I mean, you touched on it. I think trust is a, is an underlying word within the whole documentary that I guess is, I guess kind of like the foundation of it. You know, you know, he, the Christian said n- numerous of times, Hey, these dudes trust me. Like the players and families, they trust me. The coaches, the coaches have said that themselves in the conversation. You know, I trust you. I'll, I'll rock with you. I don't really know who these other cats are. Right. You know what I mean? So the whole business and everything is built off trust and relationships, to your point. Big facts. So, man, he just kind of – he just kept it reing up, <laughs> using a little bit of a, a another term. He read up, right? Um, mm-hmm. so, so after being with the financial – now, when he showed him at the draft – <laughs> I was crying with his Dying. little dude. He was how old was he then? I for, I mean, he was still under twenty. He was yeah. definitely still under twenty, and had two first round draft picks that he signed for the company. Uh, what draft? That was a 2014 draft, <laughs> right? It's, it's crazy. It's, it's I don't know. It's just man, just just seeing how <laughs> he literally made himself into being in that room where there's a there's millions of people or thousands of people out there that are trying to get into that room and he kind of found his way into that room just using his brain and his personality and just building on relationships man that that it was incredible man it's limited <laughs> seats there you know right. What I mean? like, right some people didn't like it like okay hey you know your number one draft pick slotted da, 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 your lottery pick so you know you and five people can come in so someone got shorted at somebody's table because he was relevant and important enough to be at the at the tables man. Bruh, crazy. bro bro was at the family table <laughs> <laughs> breaking bread and, and slapping dapping on his phone yeah. man that shit was hilarious to me man that shit was crazy but um but then i think for me and this is when it started to develop right so okay he he took his skill set the family business he started educating himself and then he started you know having small wins or starting his business and he's like man starting to build that confidence and say yo Here's the big picture, right? right? And he wanted to, and he gets into just like, oh, when some other stuff happened, he's like, well, that just um, sped up the inevitable that he was going to start his own business. But right. um, I guess what I was going on is people taking a talent person and someone that has drive and, and I think taking advantage of them. And, and that's, you know, you can say he should have been smarter or things like that. But from the core of it, I still think you don't know everything you need to know at 18, 19, 20, you know? Right. And for sure. I just felt he was already taken advantage of, right? Because he was saying that, like, after he had the two number one draft picks, people started hitting him up, like, yo, come work for me. Come here. I'll pay you here. I'll pay you there. And, you know, right. it's like, 
with the underall goal that we start off early in life is like, yo, let me chase that bag, right? Right. So, yeah, I, you know, you know, it, that that part, I guess, maybe feel baffled a little bit or sorry in a sense. Maybe not sorry, but um, just kind of question. I think I could probably put pause in the you know documentary and say like, who who's like big bro? Who who's like his big brother in this situation? Right? right. Like, hey man, you got talented. You're talented. You're growing in business. Let me show you how this thing works. Like, that's a great point, family. I didn't. I didn't know who his big brother was. My, I even asked. I even thought to myself, like, you know, at this point, you know, I don't know what his relationship with his dad was or his parents were. Obviously, they were separated. It seemed like good, but they were separated in the documentary with their interviews and their sides of the story. Um, you know, I was like, will there be a point where he just asked his dad, like, Dad, it's moving fast. What do you think I should do? Right. There was never a question in the document. Maybe he had that question. We just didn't see it. I was just like, who's this big bro? Who's his mentor? Who's his, you know, who's helping him through this game saying, hey, who's telling him to just slow down? Okay. You know, slow down right here. Not in a bad way, but just slow down. Let's weigh our options. Let's see what we got. You know what I mean? Let's, That's big okay. facts. You know what I mean? Who's his um, mentor? I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know who that person was through the whole time. And I still don't, really. Now I'll I would I would insert someone maybe a little bit later, uh, but I think it was more of a maybe mutual respect kind of thing, and mm-hmm. I would say um, uh, Merle, so the Adidas guy. Yeah, it, it seemed like they were on the like same shit because he did say like, "Hey, bro, like you need to do some some search on this." And yeah, he like, bro, and you already been in trouble this way. Like, right. you keep your name clean, like okay. So, so, so I, yeah, I, I think Merle was probably maybe the OG, but like you said, like at this point, like if we hit pause right there, there was no right. one that you identified with, and then like I always I use this reference is, um, how do you raise a genius, right? So what could his really could his dad or his parents maybe offer him because he's excelled from them at a l- age eleven. That's true. Uh, that's 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 a very that's a very 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 legit point. And maybe it's intimidating as a, as a parent to say slow down to you know your child genius at that point. That's right because you never want to limit your child genius. And like you know at the end they showed hit that letter that he wrote when he didn't want to go to college. So it's like how right. do you you know, you never want to stifle creativity or your you know you know I'm, right. Does that make sense? I agree. Yeah. But so. even 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 and not taking this into a spiritual thing, but even Jesus had, had was doing the family business. He was even doing carpentry with his dad. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> he just found a guy. You know what I mean? So like he, like even he was just like even at a certain point he had to just kind of learn something. You know what I mean? So I think there's there's a time and place for you know your kids to just excel past you, but I think just by life experiences alone as a parent or whoever that mentor person may be in his life, you could help somebody out just by just being alive longer than he is. You know what I mean? True. But like, man, he excelled past his parents at 11, maybe 16. I'll give, I'll give him 16 because <laughs> he did the family business, right? He went, played on the team, didn't, True. didn't have the, the thing for the team. And then when you come home and your mom, cause they, they did try to step in. Right. Cause the mom was like, yo, what? It? She opened the mail like a black mom would. And be like, yo, what Wait, is this? What is this? What's check? going on? Yeah, like, what you getting? What you getting money in the mail for? Are you running drugs? Are you, you know, a concerned right. parent? So, like, I think that was there to to some point. There was just nothing <laughs> outside of, you know, them running. The, he took over the AAU team. That was just when he was the GM. That shit was hilarious That's true. to That's me. That's a good point. 
I mean, shout out, shout out to the mom for not using that for grocery money. I know. <laughs> Sister Hayes was straight use that money for groceries. So. Oh shit, Mama Cut, <laughs> hey, Mama Cutler was like, "Hey, you making money now, so you gotta, you gotta chip in. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta put some. Yeah, you hey, can pay for these groceries. Hey, what is it? You can put something on it. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, that's a great perspective, and, and like a lot of things when we when we come up, you know, we're always taught and coached and said, "Hey, find a mentor, or, you know, have maybe multiple mentors." Right. So no, that's a really great point, man. So. So now let's get fast forward. You know, he works with Andy, uh, Andy Miller from ASM, you know, top agent. One of the things that, and we ain't got to stick on this long, but I did bring it up to you when we were talking. Why did they make a big deal between him and his lawyer in the documentary? Um, whether he was a runner versus an agent. Did, did that make sense to you or what? <laughs> yeah, I, I never got that. I never, I never reason. I don't, I don't know the reason. What do you think the reason was? I was, that's interesting. I, I never understood why they made that even a segment in the doc. So I'm glad I watched it multiple times now. <laughs> I right. can give you an answer for that now. I okay. believe because, you know, when they were recapping at the end and they're talking about there were two people that they really wanted, um, you know, they wanted um, uh, Louisville, and then they, they actually said they wanted Andy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. since they wanted Andy, I think they were attempting to, um, I guess, show that he was doing things under the table because, like, he wasn't a registered agent, but he's doing agent duties. And so I think right. maybe that's why they brought some of that up. But at first, for me, it was like, man, why are you clowning this dude? Like, you know, he, he's doing this hustle, but he's like, <laughs> he's a runner. I was like, he's like, at best you could call him. Maybe, you know, if you wanted to call it something uh, nice, uh, what is manager. it? A manager. Yeah. I'm like, why are you, why are you knocking a dude's hustle, man? <laughs> so, yeah. And bro's like, yeah, I'm an agent. He's like, he's like, he's like, <laughs> I get it. He's like a junior agent. He's like, I mean, what do you, I did the deals. I did the pre-draft. He's like, he's a runner. Right. I'm like, damn. Right. And then HBO, then they, they go to his site and they go everybody's name, like agent, junior agent, major, <laughs> Christopher right. Dawkins, blank. Bro, bro, just on there. He just, this, this just bro on there. Yeah. <laughs> Jack of all trades, man. That's too funny. I, yeah, that is funny. I thought, was, I thought was in that part, they talked about, uh, you know, how Andy was a little older. And I think that lawyer even said was maybe too white too to white. establish those <laughs> to establish those relationships um, with the athlete. Um, he was like, "Yeah, I know Christian was that." So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I never understood why they kept saying that, but yeah, you make a good point. That, that makes sense to me now. And so that's the only thing that I could probably pull out of it, and that's of course reaching no, for straws. But the no, thing is, then the next like frame or down like they dead that whole conversation. Cause you pointed yeah. it out. We were talking about this is like Fred Van Fleet was like, um, and he couldn't have got me. Right. <laughs> he said straight up. He's like, nah, he, he couldn't have, he couldn't have came in there and had that relationship and talked to me. I wouldn't have signed with him. So it just yeah. shows that, <laughs> that there was a value. And again, back to that whole, um, a guy with a talent and a dream being used. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Right. Because I think at the end of the day, I don't know. I mean, they, Andy kind of his his line without really looking into his background or anything like that. His place in the story just kind of died off pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Very so quickly. it wasn't like right. It wasn't like in, even uh, Tristan even described it as like Bobby and Whitney. Like <laughs> so, I was, so obviously that's not. Exactly a plus. I, yeah, I don't think anytime you compare Bobby or Whitney to any kind of situation, that's not a right. uh, <laughs> a great example of uh, <laughs> a flourishing relationship, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
But they, what well, I guess at the end of it is Bobby and Whitney, but they loved each other, right? But they loved each other, but probably wasn't good for each other. Uh, that's too funny. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I do want to talk about the elephant in the room. We've kind of nipped around it, and you know, when we started off, but it's the the NCAA. All right. Yeah. Um, I know where you're at, and I, I know where I'm at. Okay. Okay. So before so, we before we so, get there, um, okay. Oh no no all right yeah you tell me where you're at you you give me your stance. And of course, mine will be the opposite, and then we'll debate about it. Uh, just to make it quick, I just don't believe. Uh, I still don't, and this is coming from a former athlete. Uh, I just don't believe uh, college athletes should be paid. I think the rules. I'm gonna make this a little longer. I think the rules can be tweaked a little bit. Um, you know, if 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 a guy around a college city wants to pay a hundred dollars for your letterman jacket, whatever, weird or not. If you want to sell him your letterman jacket, you should be able to make $150 for that. It's your, you know what I'm saying? So stuff like that, I think NCAA probably lighting up on, um, but as a, just kind of paying them. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't agree that way. I don't agree. Well, and of course, I feel the total opposite. <laughs> and I wish I, right. I forgot to pull it up, but um, I'm so glad that um, the ruling, whatever, the Dash Dash 004 is coming out, and now that they will be allowed to make money off of their likeness. Um, I, right. I, I know we're a long way from what that means and how that's going to be governed and all of that stuff, but I do think we're taking a step in the right direction. Um, mm-hmm. So the main where we're back and forth on is amateurism. So this is a great word that the NCAA has created. And because of um, amateurism, excuse me, um, is why any of this is so-called wrong or illegal. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. I wanted to look up, see the definition. Okay. So the NCAA definition of amateurism within the context of college sports has been involved, first pronounced by the NCAA in 1906. Um, it's had different, um, what's it say, different stages. Okay. It believes that a student athlete should not, oh, should be rewarded and only accept financially from their athletic talents. Um, should, hold on, wait, wait, wait. it's looking like I can't read here. <laughs> it says that um, should be allowed and rewarded and accept financially for the athletic talents has affected the definition of an amateurism. So what they're saying sure. is um, getting money a lot in, in a sense does not make them an amateur anymore. And they feel like you should be playing this thing for the love of the game, which I think is just yeah. the most ridiculous thing in the world. Yeah. I don't think anything in 1906 uh, is still applies to 2020. <laughs> right. <laughs> in totality. So like I said, I think it needs to be tweaked at a certain uh, level. But I think um, I think I think just think there's more to it. Um, there are let's just talk about college basketball. There are 347 Division One college basketball programs in the country. Assuming that all of them have, I mean, they average 13 scholarships. Everybody gets 13 scholarships a year. Um, so there's 4,511 Division One basketball players in the country. And that's 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 already a rare percentage from I don't know millions of little kids that play basketball anyway, right? 
or so any of the other divisions, right? Correct. So. Exactly. So there's 4,500 that get full ride scholarship to a Division One a program to play basketball, well, right? So even, you already have, not even, but yeah, because they partial those out and all that stuff, right? So sure. Well, at a Division One, whatever the case may be, yeah. So you're just you're just the elite of the elite, right? Yep. Um, and then we're talking about the guys that Christian were kind of sitting around the documentary round was the elite of the elite. So first rounders. There's no, yeah, first round draft picks, right? There's probably only I, I don't know, give or take. There's ten to twelve European or overseas players that are first round draft picks in the NBA. You're talking about probably fifteen to twenty guys that you're changing every rule for. Uh, you know what I mean? NCAA for the other four thousand people, right? I think it's a decent trade-off. I think a college education is a decent trade-off. And if and there's a there's a I, I think the way that obviously the NCAA tournament March Madness makes billions of dollars or whatever that number is, right? But that's not just going in the AD's pocket or the head coach's pocket. Like some of that money is funding, you know, other sports in the in the school, right? So like if you want to start putting that money towards the athletes, you know, maybe your facility doesn't look like great. Maybe, you know, maybe Duke doesn't have king size beds in their locker room facilities anymore. Or maybe uh uh you don't have a Duke swimming team anymore because the basketball team is legitimately funding that program, right? For March Madness and all those other things like that. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? So if that's going directly into the players' pockets, who's going to pay for these other sports? Where are they getting that money to pay for these other sports if that's going directly into the guys' pockets? Same place they've always been getting it, the boosters. <laughs> the boosters are going to pay for the other sports? The boosters are going to pay for the high, the, 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 the footballs and the college, the men's basketball. And right. And, and, the and, football. And that's my line of business. So when we did sponsorships, and we've even talked about this on a, a deal that, you know, you were uh, dealing with the other day. So you do a sponsorship and the, the dangling, the, the, you know, the top of the list thing is football. And we say this football scholarship, I mean, uh, sponsorship is worth 50 K five K is making it to women's lacrosse in one way or another from the institution. Cause I got to pay the bill. You don't see where that bill breaks down to. I give you your promise of your asset of what you get to do. So if you're a booster and one of your things is you get to, you know, have lunch with Zion Williams, we, we create a banquet so you can have lunch with Zion Williams. Long as you have that lunch with him and get to take your photo and you write that check, you don't get to see the accounting of where all that money goes. So the boosters are still going to pay for this. It, it's, it's a capitalistic society and it's the money still going to be found. People are buying so, bricks to, to, to new buildings just to say, hey, I got a brick. And you don't get the account to say how much that brick costs you. That brick costs 36 cents, but you're still paying 500 and some dollars for that brick to put your name sure, in it. Sure. I, I, I get your point. But, you know, I think we're still talking about a rare percentage of players that actually may be taking advantage of the rules are currently taking advantage of. We mentioned Zion Williamson. I don't know who the 13th player is on Duke, right? <laughs> Nor should you. The 13th player, right. The 13th player on Duke is getting a free education from Duke University, which probably totals out at over $300,000, you know, for his four years. I think that's a good trade-off. And not, and not, and we'll put it this way. If he's going for a job and, you know, the dude hiring him says like, Hey bro, uh, dang, I, you know, ah, I, I saw you guys in March Madness 2018. He might not have played, but, oh, that's cool. You're on that team. I was that. 
just that relationship might give him a leg up in the job in the way down, you know what I'm saying, in, in the position down the line. I think it's a fair trade-off for that person. That's the 13th guy on the roster. Maybe not for Zion, who is that rare percentage of player that the, 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 the system benefits off of. But for the 13th player on the roster, I mean, he's sitting cool. It's not he, He's sitting fine. His books are paid for. His schedule is paid for. He has no loans when he comes out of Scott. He has no debt to anybody. He has a free education from Duke University, and all he did was really practice. Man, you sound like the institution, man. They, they didn't got I to just, you, man. I just, they got no, to no, no, I just, It's just the way I feel, bro. It's, no, just, no. it's just honestly the way I feel. For and, and as a college, like for instance, like I, I went to a smaller one double A Division One pro, uh, program, right? right? And uh, as a, and I'll put it this way too: as an athlete, I like to show off a little bit anyway, right? A little more in shape than the common student, right? So Absolutely. I'm gonna wear I'm gonna wear a shirt where my abs show, just because I've been working out, right? I know your females gonna look at look at me. You know what I'm saying? I know your chicks gonna look at me at the student union center just because. And your shirts my are extra, a little bit smaller as well, too. E- extra medium, yes, right? For sure. Still. My books are sitting. My, <laughs> my bad. Go ahead. My books are sitting in a box that says Miles Hayes. Let me pick these up, right? Let me pick these books up. I don't have to wait in line. I don't have to purchase a book. Oh, I already picked my classes out a week before you guys even thought about picking your classes. I already know what classes I am, obviously, because I got to go to practice, right? Privileges of an athlete. And then, yeah. right. And then I'm getting a check that's going to pay for room and board and food or whatever, but I already have a meal plan. So that extra money is just, <laughs> it's, it's going to me. I might even buy some J's with extra money. So I guess, Here's, a, here's, a, here's my point. I'm, I'm saying a lot to say this. If you have an athlete on campus, right? Uh-huh. If you want to pay the pay, if you want to pay the athlete, cool. You got to separate. You got to separate this whole industry. You, you, you got to make a whole different NCAA for just athletes, whatever. Because if you pay athlete and you stick, I'm not talking about Zion Williamson. You stick Miles Hayes on campus, and he Miles Hayes makes I don't know ninety thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars just because I'm an athlete. You stick him with a regular person. Shit, I'm gonna be doing some shit that's wild at 18, 19 years old. You know what I'm saying? That's right. really disrespecting the rest of the campus. Don't you think that's gonna be a discrepancy in the campus? There already is one. Okay. Right? There's already. A, okay. There's already. I'm glad a conver- you said it because I was definitely on there's already, Yeah, there's already a conversation between what the athlete, uh, you're a privileged athlete versus what the common student is. But I'm a privileged athlete that's broke. Don't let me be a privileged athlete that's rich. You know what I mean? Even in the NFL, this is NFL, NBA, pro sports, their peers are all rich, right? So everybody in the NBA or NFL makes a certain amount of dollar that they puts are them not, in the not, wait, but that puts but that puts them in the top ten percent of the country, right? So their peers are all in the top ten percent, wherever that varies, where that varies value wise, whatever the case may be amongst themselves. Okay, they're not going to be around. You know, they they have their own separate. If you put a top 10% person that's paid in college amongst the rest of them that are not paid, uh, you may, you may, uh, you may have some problems with your hand, I think. And that's just my opinion on it. All right. So I'm going to attempt to keep it a little briefer. (laughs) First of all, if you're that 13th player on Dukes, what if you're that 13th player that's Kristen Dawkins? And you are obviously talented, you know, because you made it to Duke. You're playing D1 
and we know the numbers about, you know, statistics were, you know, one, making it to each level, right? Statistically, uh, your odds or your chances, you know, lower, uh, whether you're going, you know, D1, D2, and then, of course, professional, right? And at that time, I'm on Duke's basketball team, and I have a relationship with Zion. Why can't I, you know, I'm not going to say pimping, but, like, getting that relationship to where I'm like, well, Zion, I know you're making this, but, like, I made this relationship with this dude down the, down the street. He said, like, you know, if we do this, he break us off. You know, I give you a cut. And then he starts what his career is, is, is being an agent or being in management because that's what he's going to school for. So now he's cutting his teeth doing that. Um, and that's what you're going to school for anyway, right? You're learning to do whatever your trade is, whatever your skill or your profession is. So that's number one, right? Number two is you're saying that you're only making changes for that 1% that go to the league. No, you're making a change for everyone, right? So now if it's a free market, you know, enterprise, um, if I could make money while I was at school, isn't that arguably your best time? Because we talk about once they, because once they get into the profession, right, that clock's ticks for, for these guys. And we even talk, we can talk about like um, Atua, who is draft stock is up or down because of the injuries he had in college. So his most effective years for him to make his most money and maybe where he was at the top of the peak of his game was in those college years. So why aren't they allowed to make money off of that talent, you know, during that time? And whether I'm the, you know, the Zion Williams or the 13th man on that roster, if I have the opportunity, it's not saying that I'm going to do it and that everybody needs it, but I don't think that they should be repressed from that opportunity um, to go out and make those, make that money. And I think that's largely why some of this is changing. Oh, okay. So I, I, I agree to a certain extent. Okay. Well, I mean, all right. I, I'll do, take, do you? I'll take a circuit to you, a certain extent from you. Yeah, um, I mean, would you would you pay everybody the same, or would you have? Well, no, that's it? not real life. No one's paid the same. NBA is not paid the same. People like LeBron and like the, I don't, who else, whoever else is on the Lakers bench are all not making the same amount of money. Um, just like we talk about the Dak contract, where everybody's mad that he's about to be the highest paid quarterback. It's not about what he's worth; it's what he can negotiate. So it it's just opening up a market that's still a, um, a business. The NCAA is a business. They've conned and manipulated and wrote the laws to where it is as such they're not, where everyone's getting paid but them. Um, so it's what you're going to negotiate. And it's a, it's a definite business, but... A business that doesn't pay say, taxes at, at all either. <laughs> oh, I, I agree. I mean, there's some things that are kind of strange, but I, to me... 80% of the population is a good trade-off for him. Um, I disagree. Of, of the athlete. I disagree. 80%. It, it might even be higher than that for me. It's a good trade-off. So you think some shoes, um, a degree. Hell yeah. A degree and enough is Hell enough yeah. to, 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 that you put your body. And I know like we wake up stiff some days, ankle ain't just right. You know, I mean, maybe that helmet you wore could have messed with your hairline a little bit. You never know. One hundred percent, it did. I'm not. I'm not denying that. Dad and the dude that they used to wear twenty four seven. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> so all I'm saying is, man, if if everybody's making money, I believe that the players should be allowed to make money. And um, I'm not saying that there's going to be there's a perfect way to do it as of yet, and it needs to be worked out. But as in all capitalistic societies, those things work themselves out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but we just need to have Mark Emmert of the NCAA stop saying that this free market would be the death of the NCAA because 
we all love college sports too much and sports in general um, for it just to go by the wayside. You know, in, in like in Europe, I, I spent some, I, I didn't spend a lot of time in Turkey, but my parents were in Turkey when I was uh, in college. So I used to go out there for summer break and uh, during the summer times. But you know, they those athletes that are young athletic prodigies, they just put them in like semi pro and little small little pro things, and they don't. College is this different. So if you play on the college team, it's just like you're playing in intramurals. You know what I mean? It's just like a totally different segment of population so if you're if you're good and you're a good player then you're just playing like a lower version of pro sports so maybe that's just what needs to happen in NCAA because as a current stand I just think a like I, I would the swimmer you know the, the Michael Phelps out of school in college is not going to get the same pay as Zion Williamson where do you go and then then, then you can go into title nine issues with women's sports and making sure they have the equal amount of budget and, and, and footing that the men's sports have. I just think it, it creates a lot of different obstacles and hurdles that really you're changing a whole lot of rules for like a 10% of people that it really, the, the, the system is really taking advantage of, in my opinion. But and, we can go and, back and forth on that all day. And we can't, and just, you know, I'm definitely going to retort the, it's not taking advantage of them because as we see, a lot of these people are getting paid, compensated and, and, and things like that. So it's really not taking advantage of them. Um, they're, they're definitely getting paid. It's taking advantage of the people that there are really good, you know, college players. Like some people are just really good college players and that's, that's mm-hmm. the end of it. So why shouldn't they get, uh, have the opportunity to sell their Jersey or, you know, go to a, yeah, a, a I, pizza place and say, yo, I, you know, I, pizza's free I on think, me, things like that. Yeah. I think we're, we're on the same page with that. I think, like I said, Johnny Menzel was never a really good pro player. So, yes. like, if you just take him as, as a college player and when he was on top of the world and he was leading sports center, why not be able to sell, you know, Johnny Menzel T-shirts if, you know, they're going to sell them, the university sell them anyway. Why not he get a, you know, piece of that change for that? They're not buying a number two jersey just because it says number two Texas A&M. <laughs> right. Right? They're buying a number two jersey because it's Johnny Menzel. So, for that part, I'm with you. They, they probably should benefit from that. But to, to say that the – Johnny Manziel's backup quarterbacks be making three hundred thousand dollars. I, I'm, I'm good on that too. And you say that I until think, Johnny Manziel rolls his knee and the backup quarterback takes to a national championship and wins the game. So it's and we're just fine. So he'll be able to sell his little t-shirt, his little t-shirt too, when it's time for him to make a t-shirt. I'm cool with that. But as a Curtis fan or whatever the case is, if Johnny Manziel is playing and you know Bobby Joe's on the bench not playing, Bobby Joe, you don't need to make three hundred thousand dollars. You're your full ride scholarship and your no debt and your king size bed in the locker room is just fine enough. Good to go. There you go. There you have it. And we go back and forth on this because we we always talk about this, which is just so definitely love to hear your thoughts on that. Please, please respond. Hit us up. All right. So, man, it kind of goes. So now he's flourishing. You know, he has his dream. Um, he has a couple um, of things that hit him. But ultimately, he's starting his company, right? And we're getting back to the to show scheme, right? Here's again for me where he's just that ultimate theme of getting taken advantage of, where all he wanted to do was start his business, and then here comes your boy, Marty Blazer. <laughs> your boy would quote. <laughs> yeah, so full, full, full disclosure, I do know uh, Marty Blazer and uh, Blazer Capital uh, from Pittsburgh, <laughs> PA. Um, 
And thank God that all I do know is know of him. <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll keep it moving from there. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, so this guy, you know, to keep himself out of trouble, and there's a laundry, yeah. laundry list of things that he was doing. Um, right. He drags this guy that's just attempting to build his business, and he uses him as bait to get him out of his own situation. And he brings in the FBI. So I just want to mm-hmm. kind of talk about all of the things with the FBI because there's just so many things that after you watch, you'd be like, really? <laughs> so the yeah. the first one, because it was funny when they were recapping it before they announced it. And I was like, how, how are they rehashing these conversations on this call like that was, was the first thing. I was like, <laughs> right, well, how they got all this? <laughs> yeah, right. I'll sing the same. Damn, they really got, they did this doc good. Did he know he was going to film this? So he, you know, cause you know, there's people like my home, Ryan Leslie walks around with a documentary, right? And there's some other people that just, they just do that, you know? So I was like, damn, they were prepared, right? So who's the reenact, who's the reenactment actors on this? Thing? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then when they were introducing everybody had faces and then your boy Jeff comes up and he has the, 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 the blah face. I'm like, Oh, right. Oh, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> Jeff didn't sign his waiver. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> right. He, he didn't do the release. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he he uh, he's still negotiating his payoff from uh from HBO Films. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, man, the FBI, bro. My one of my questions after watching it again was, do you think Manoush knew a little bit earlier than Chris, or do you think it all dropped when Chris got hit? That's funny. I've been I've been trying to play with that in my mind as you ask that, and okay. I don't know. Yeah, I don't man. know. I go back and forth with that one. Yeah, I'm like, uh, maybe he did, but Manoush seemed to be like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would I would say Manoush had more if he was just like they always they took it to Vegas at one point, and I'm like, okay, at that point where you know Christian was like, ah, okay, something's off, right? Uh-huh. Manoush wasn't there. So if Manoush was there, I would be like, oh, damn, he was in on it too. But I just really don't think Manoush is in there. So Manoush is just the money guy. He's just the money guy. He's just, he's just the money guy. Just probably because WB's act a certain way. So yeah. I'm just like, yeah, you know, I don't think Manoush was in on that. Okay. Um, and I'm uh, hope, Manoush, I hope you weren't, bro. I don't know if you ever hear this, but come on, man. Don't do that. To, don't do I it, hope man. you weren't. Y'all had a good thing going, you know, and you just was mixed up with the wrong element. Um <laughs> Only other reason is because when we and we'll get to but the sentences he didn't he didn't get like he just got a fine too so it's just like uh you know what's going on there and so yeah, that's he, what I he's, probably, he's probably thinking when it was time ah uh, there you go yeah okay <laughs> when it was time for him you know for people to testify he's probably just telling everything he knew he's telling anybody no 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 regret he was singing uh-huh. man doing the doing the <laughs> climax challenge huh singing all the high <laughs> notes right all right. <laughs> facts so then um another part and i know you love this <laughs> so i'm gonna let you go in on this how he was talking about the fbi how he was running game on the fbi bro that shit when i, <laughs> when I say i love black people <laughs> i love black people this man was like yeah i don't know what this man talking about <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say bruh's money. All right. I mean, he don't know what he's doing. Let's just say bruh's money. Yeah, man, he, do what we want to do anyway. He's like, listen, I'm not paying coaches. Flat <laughs> out. All they need to do is see we get players. I got players. Man, just, hey, 
fuck what they talking about. <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. Just go in there and Just act go, like this. How much you I need? Mean, <laughs> yeah, throw some names out there. They don't know. <laughs> and say Michael Jordan for all you. I care. Oh, like, they don't care. They don't know. I yeah, see. That's hilarious. Know. Hilarious. <laughs> and then um, the pivotal point where your boy started stuttering because he was a the one, FBI. Uh, the FBI. Guy. Yeah, you know. So he was pushing an agenda. He was a one trick pony. Right, so he wasn't definitely developed enough to kind of take this role, because <laughs> he just Correct. kept saying like, "We'll we'll pay coaches, we'll pay coaches, what about the coaches, what about the coaches." You say the coaches, you know coaches. I want to pay the coaches. <laughs> it's like, bruh, <laughs> and then he's like, "That doesn't even make sense." Like he's like, he damn near called him an idiot. Like you're an idiot. He did. Like, <laughs> And then, he basically did. He said, "Let's go just buy some strippers and hookers." At oh, this point, yeah, like, that shit was funny. <laughs> if you just gonna spend money, <laughs> oh, so, so he hit him with that, and then then he got stung. He's like, "Well, my plan is this with the money," and then it put him back in that whole situation where you know he's just going like, after his dreams. Money. You want this money, and he knows he if needs you want this it. money. Yeah, yeah. Man. Do I, I do it? Yeah, I always felt like I don't know, man. I think. Hey, I'm like, well, maybe the the FBI didn't do enough research on exactly what the business was, or maybe they didn't even know who their target was, which goes back to my man, uh, not my man, but Marty Blazer. Um, I mean, he's not my man either. I just know, man. Stop with it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, it's just like, well, did Marty Blazer not prep them on what the scheme was? Like, right? Because obviously, you guys are not understanding the business part of it. So the whole time, without seeing, obviously, my man's uh, the FBI agent face was blurred out this whole time oh to see his um, facial expressions I, I just wanted like is this did he look like uh, my man from uh, Malibu was wanted or something like I just feel like he just didn't fit Faking the bill the at all on. well he yeah, said like, he, he said New Jersey Shore so was he looking like Ronnie or DJ Pauly or something like that that man so like, look I need a yacht give me the Cristal I need at least 30 G's just to make this look like I got stupid amount of money get the best suite in Vegas they were probably like <laughs> trying to figure out like how, what is he doing? His to research make him look so much. Yeah, he's watching so rap apart. videos and shit. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's totally off the mark. And there you go. Like that's and that's a problem, right? He's sitting there thinking like it's a certain thing. He's like, yeah, man, we on a yacht, and you know it's all of us in there, and they popping crystal. He's like, I don't drink, and it's like I don't even drink. I eat some of these rib crackers <laughs> up on the table. But <laughs> Oh shit! So that was funny, and then I mean, you did mention Vegas. Vegas was hilarious to me. Vegas was funny, hilarious. And I was talking to another partner of mine because you know, since you know, there's been some downtime. A lot of uh, documentaries been popping up, and I was right. like, why does like every documentary have some kind of connection with Vegas? The like, Vegas, yes, every doc- like Tiger King, Tiger King, <laughs> uh, OJ. <laughs> yeah, like damn, damn. <laughs> But hey, we, it goes down here, man. Hey, we'll take the tourism dollars, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's what I was wondering too, right? So I was like, well, this is a federal case. Any of that money that they spent, like, is it marked? How do they trace it? Did they go back? Because of you know, when I've worked on the the um, MGM side, there's been some time, some cases sometimes where they had to like review them, like how much they spend. Duh, 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 duh. So I was always kind of wondering about that, but uh, the way the money was used was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, didn't he say, like, well, you know, obviously they, they kind of froze his assets and he couldn't even get money out of his bank. So he was like, I got the $90,000 at the crib just because this Jeff bro was just giving stupid with the money. So, like, 
And then I'm again, my lawyer with the FBI money, basically, what you're saying. I'm, I'm fighting them with your money. <laughs> and that goes back to I love our people because it's so Correct. funny. He tried to keep a straight face and he bust out laughing when he said that shit. I was fucking dying. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, and then he would tell the story. He's like, man, I put my ATM card, the damn machine. A. He's like, I've never had that. Luckily, I had some money stashed, and he started that shit. Was <laughs> oh, and then, I mean, he talked about uh, the money. He's like, yeah, you know, basically, we all went out to the club. <laughs> Bro, he said, uh, well, I mean, I told the coaches, don't touch this. I'm going to take this. You know, we're going to gamble a little bit, and then we'll go to Dre's. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Dre's. Turn up on a Tuesday, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. On, on, the, on the FBI money. On the when I say he got his own money. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, man. So it was just like you said, man, lack of respect for, for them, the way he talked to him, but it was a lack of respect of, you know, a Christian. But then again, that just shows that he wasn't really the original target because they would have done. A lack of, yeah. And the lack of respect from the FBI towards them too. To think that, you know, he's just a dummy. They can just kind of, you know, bulldozer over what he, what he already set up his scheme, you know, his, his business plan to be. So they didn't do their research well on him as well. And, you know, it just goes to show that there's a perception out there and he didn't right. fit the perception. And right. he also, he could have blew up this whole thing. And, you know, that whole part about, I don't know if it was that's not snitching mentality, but it was more like, man, standing on principles, I think, where he's saying, man, I didn't do anything wrong to where he believed he didn't do anything wrong, except he had, he said, I admit I paid players and I will go down that road. But the whole thing that they're trying to, they turned around and just said that uh, um, he was bribing. No, what it was, he was taking advantage of And um, what was it? What was he doing to the school? Um, frauding. Like the schools? Yes. Yeah, like the schools were the victims in the victims. case where they, they, they were part of a scheme to, get you know, get out of bed. Yeah, exactly. Um, which wasn't the case. It's, it's crazy how they kind of switched the whole rule up to fit that. Um, but I think it's even a shout out to him because I'm like, man, to Christian, um, and the point that, I mean, a lot of other people in that situation probably would have been trying to tell him people. He don't, I mean, he might have a relationship with the coaches, but he don't know them like that. You know what I mean? They're not his, like, brothers or nothing, right? They're not his daddy. Right. Um, and, you know, the guns are not pointing at their face. The guns are pointing at his face, you know? I think that's a testament to his uh, his upbringing. That goes back to like his parents and his loyalty, and like you said, just a no snitch attitude. Man, he just was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm I'm going to fight this, bro, because I didn't do anything wrong." Right. So, and I think it goes dope, to, to to all of them too, right? Because like um, the other coaches didn't sing either, and I think that's what the FBI's case was. They like, oh. We're gonna put him in a hole, put him in a you know in a in a, right. in a jam, and even the, right. Dan the um the the Yahoo reporter or author or whatever who wrote the book uh, Soul Influence was saying like they were just thinking that they were gonna trump up charges. I don't want I probably don't shouldn't say trump up, but put put charges up on them, <laughs> and that they would mm-hmm. just all fold, and none of them folded. Right. All of them were yeah. like, nah, man, like <laughs> we ain't going out like that. We didn't take many. We didn't do this, and so that's I think where they lost, where they failed. Things dope, and then I'm sure there's somebody, you know. Uh, <laughs> I think it still continues of, uh, you know, how the NCAA at those elite levels kind of work anyway. So, well, all it yeah, takes is, it is someone in the NCAA getting into a lot of trouble and doing the Marty Blazer, because that's where this all kind of came up from. 
Marty was in trouble. True. And he said, hey, 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 man, um, um, I don't want to go to jail. Listen, how about this? If I give you this. <laughs> but you see, like I'm saying, but to your point, you see how different, like, I guess their morals are just. Oh, yeah. They're, you know, from Christian being in that same situation and being like, all right, whatever, you know, we'll, we'll fight this. To Marty being like, all right, let me, <laughs> I tell him this, this dude is doing this. I can, you know, help. You know what I'm saying? Just way different characters of people. Way different. Way one, different. Oh, one, one even owned up to like, yeah, maybe you could say I did some stuff wrong. And the other one was just like, well, I'm going to tell him this other dude. He did stuff wrong too. Like, yeah, that's just two different character of people. The last thing on the FBI was, um, this was supposed to be a really, really bigger case than, than it kind of turned up to be. All right. <laughs> Oh man, what my man say on on the news report when it when it when it was breaking news in September? <laughs> oh, bro, we got we got the playbook, bro. We, we got your playbook. <laughs> he, he did it look directed to the camera, shit, right? And yeah. then and then walk, dropped the mic and walked off stage. I'm like, oh yeah, we we very confident. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so that goes into like another scheme, right? I mean, you can look at it. The money. I think that's where the money and the power hits, right? Because why didn't they go after the NCAA? Yeah, it's it's it weird. They didn't obviously they didn't say it in a documentary, and like why didn't they truly did it? Today, figure out like, hey, this is a big money cow. Like, let's not mess this up too bad. When they probably could have at some point, you know what I mean? They probably could have went down that road. And I was, I was talking to another partner of mine, and he was just like, "That's where the money and the power comes, man." You know how it's like you're doing something, and someone comes by and be like, um, "Yeah, you don't need to look at that no more. Um, you're, you're you're done here. Go ahead, and, go ahead and work on this. That that that's done." <laughs> and then that's the end of it. My whole thing, though, man. Honestly, like, interesting story. Obviously, sports business is a huge business, but huge. Like, doesn't and call me naive, but isn't there other stuff that you could, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, isn't there other stuff we could be spending FBI and tax dollars on, right? I just, I don't know. The whole thing is like, oh, okay, I can, I guess coaches are, you know, public officials or, you know, whatever that may be. But at the end of the day, it's like basketball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, isn't that kind of weird? Or is that just me? Like, I mean, I, I agree. Because, like, like you said, <laughs> They spent. They got a yacht. Your boy got ninety k cash, <laughs> cash free. Spent the hundred k in Vegas plus whatever the FBI because they were talking about the FBI had misappropriation of funds while they were in Vegas. That's why your boy disappeared. Whatever he lost in the crap table, <laughs> <laughs> or hookers, right? Or strippers, like he, he, whatever. He could have said like he's like, well, hey, Chris did say something about go get some strippers, so I'll just follow his business plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but that's yeah, true. all of that is like taxpayers' money, and it's just going. It's right. like all right, deuces. So, I mean, if I was to like dig down into why they would do that, I mean, is there a, a bunch? Well, <laughs> one there is scandals. Right, one he was like, how has Louisville said that they're being frauded by me when they just beat a? He kept saying a whore scandal. <laughs> <laughs> He's like they was getting bitches like a whore scandal. I'm like. Wow, that is true. <laughs> he's like, nobody <laughs> lost their jobs. He's, right. like, he's like, nobody got a, I mean, no one got touched for that. And I think they initially took their banners down. So, 
um, maybe it is becoming like an organization that needs to get some kind of control. I think it, it's some this it's always drills down to the money, right? I think when you talk about evil or corruption or you know power struggles, it's always about the dollar. So maybe that's why they were looking into it. And then someone told them like, "Nah, man, that's a little too much money." <laughs> Don't what they say? What did Dollar say in a Players Club? Don't fuck up the church's money. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> but then. Oh my God! That's my recipe, Bernie Mac. Yeah. God, I'm about to watch that. Um, <laughs> I don't know, no troubles, no troubles. Um, lastly, well, not lastly, but just the other points, you know, things that kind of popped out to me was just um, this kid's perseverance, man. <laughs> yeah, you know sure. he he took it he took a hit when they like when he said he got butt naked like an R and B singer. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's funny. That shit was funny. Um, when it hit him, but then just kind of saying like, no, yo, I'm going to fight this. You know, I, I didn't do anything wrong and, you know, I'm going to take y'all 90 K and I'm going to use it and I'm going to fight it. And then ended up flipping it and finding, you know, a new path for himself. You know, what's crazy is I, when he was, uh, <laughs> the fact that he was in the same vicinity as El Chapo's was crazy to me, but, uh, <laughs> dude's when like he, El uh, Chapo's upstairs. He's like, what? <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> Well, he could have shot his mom. I was just trying to think, like, if Sister Hayes would, if Sister Hayes would have came at me that way, did you kill somebody? Nope. Did you, did you rape somebody? Did nope. you steal somebody? I'm like, nope. dang. I don't know if my mom would have came at me like that. Maybe she would have. I don't know. I hope, pray I'm never in that situation. But that dang, was, I, I don't know. I just thought I was just like, dang, that's kind of, that's right. kind of funny. Mom came her real, you know, kind of real, real. Like, did real. you rape somebody? Yeah. No, no, my come on, you know me. I'm, I'm, I'm baby, right? I'm your son. Yeah. <laughs> well, come on home. Don't let them see. Uh, yeah, no. right. Like, all right, shoot. But um, yeah, uh, it, that shit was crazy. I don't know. It was, like I said, man, it was it was wild, crazy, man. Uh, he still what? He's still technically a convicted felon. It's just. Waiting the appeal process. Yeah, I hope he has round two, man, because he's still he's going to f- still fight it or the p- appeal process or something like that that they're going through. You know what? Yeah, exactly. You know what else I thought was real kind of interesting? I think maybe the writer said that the guy that wrote the book. Um, I can't, I can't remember his name, but he said like <laughs> any situation if. Adidas is paying the school one hundred sixty one million dollars, like <laughs> you, you work for the you work for. <laughs> I, hey, so I like Dan. Dan was a writer. Yeah, Dan, Dan, Win, Dan Winsel, who wrote the song. Yeah. Like I'm saying, Dan kept it real in there, and <laughs> I am going to definitely buy his book and, and read it, whether I do it on Kindle or whatever, whatever. But um, he kept it real. One of his other quotes <laughs> that I like, he said, the only difference between what Chris was doing and he's like what Google or Amazon would do he said, right. he said that quote about like, you know, let's say that Amazon wanted to, you know, recruit mm-hmm. the highest STEM, you know, coder or some shit like that. That right. example was <laughs> phenomenal. Except for the love of coding. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that shit had me rolling, man. <laughs> but it's facts though, right? Yeah, so, it is facts. So, and I think that's where we need to look at it, you know. It is. 100%. It's facts. I mean, the the you know to not go against what I feel like college athletes should be paid, but um, in totality, you go to college to you know better your education and you know in hopes to 
make money out of different career fields. So if your path or your strength or your trade is athletics and you make money for that, then what's the difference really? You know what I mean? So I don't know. Well, like you said, in the future, <laughs> no matter what he does and look at in hindsight, he's not going to hire FBI agents. <laughs> and he's Who's gonna- on his record? Do you know anybody with his record? Uh, Label? No, I, I'm looking up. I'm searching right now, and of course, everything's just talking about the scheme. So it's not. It's hard to like pull up, find, you know, find anything for his label. Um, but shout he out. He said R and B. He said R and B when he takes the shirt off. So that means he's got <laughs> he's, he's one got, or two. One or two people that's pruning <laughs> and hitting G flats on there. That's just automatic. Yeah. But like he you said, some, man, they wouldn't have got caught if uh, they would have had the payment, man. And that's the only reason he feels that they have caught. No, that I got caught. Yeah, come on, Adidas. Yeah, Five man. Come on. But come I, on. But at the end of it, they um, the the sentences were definitely, definitely, definitely off. Um, the fact that he got well, I mean, they pinned him as the ringleader, of course. Right. But, uh, the fact that none of the other coaches, head coaches, you know, got any time, and they just went off their all these black. Um, assistant coaches to me. Yeah, that rubbed me way wrong too. I'm just like, dang, because the most the most blunt out of all of them was that uh, head coach from LSU, Will Wade. Will Wade (laughs) was well, he was a gangster, and he told he said he's a gangster. Like Will Wade was like, and he was running the the numbers, son. (laughs) Yeah, he's the most blunt out of any person in the whole documentary, and he just he I don't he's, he's still coaching there, right? As far as and that was the last thing I wanted to do, but as far as I know, he's still he's still all of them are still coaching there. Yeah, I don't know. I know uh, my man uh, Book is not coaching anymore. Well, Book's not, I, but I'm talking about head coaches. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I, I know it, it just rubbed me the wrong, and I saw the faces, and I was just like, "Oh, that 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 ain't right, man. It's not right." And I, for this point, I just still don't know why that. Uh, I, I I still don't know why he's a felon. At the end of the day, Christian, I just don't. I just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. I I get it if you want to put legality to it. I just it, it doesn't make sense <laughs> at all. To me, at, at all. all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But man, all in all, dude, amazing documentary. <laughs> Definitely, mad love for Christian Dawkins, like. I want to see him succeed. I want to see part two where he beats the case. Like I hope come on like, the show, bro. He's right. Come on the show, man. We will get you on the pod, man. You know, call in or you know, you we got know, a lot of shoot your shot moments, bro. A lot of shoot your shot, and we know you come to <laughs> Vegas, so uh, <laughs> maybe we'll come see on, you in bro. July, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll see, Andre. Oh shit! <laughs> and uh, you know, maybe you can you know really drop one of your uh, artists' new songs. Maybe we can do it. <laughs> Do an album release on the show exclusive, right? (laughs) Hit you with that (laughs) exclusive, exclusive. (laughs) Oh shoot! Well, man, that's all I got, man. You got anything else you want to drop on there, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. No, man, it was a it was a good doc. If you haven't seen it, please see it. Uh, You know, definitely comment your thoughts if there's something that you know topic that we missed that you want to hear. But all in all, um, you know, we definitely thank you for for tuning in today. Um, you know, in the locker room where we kind of do things a little different, man. We bring it in, in, inside the locker room and, and talk it out. So, uh, Miles, man, thank you for your time as always. 
Yes, sir. And I want to thank the you, people bro. for listening, man. I appreciate you, man. I uh, hope you enjoyed today um, in the locker room uh, where we talked about the scheme. And please know um, we're on all platforms, YouTube, IG, Twitter, Facebook. So please comment and tell us what you think on the show. Share the show. Um, we're on Spotify. Uh, these are all of our podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, iHeart, you name it. And just know that we're rooting for you. And we're going to get it. Son, you're too eager. You ain't having it good. Me either. Let's get together and make this whole world believe us, huh? At my arraignment, screaming. All us blacks got it, sports and entertainment. Until we even. Yes, sir.